So when you hear that term culture fit, I want this to be a warning flag to you. It's a signal. It's a signal for you to dig deeper. I want you to ask more questions. Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do. Because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea, not even sure where to start. I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Welcome to this week's episode of the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that I'm really passionate about, and I've been thinking about it a lot, this idea of culture fit, except I'm going to talk about why it's not such a great concept and how to think about it instead. So I'm an organizational psychologist by training, and I have experienced a lot of workplace cultures. As a student and employee, I've experienced the cultures as part of organizations from being a student at many schools and universities to being an employee. I've experienced the cultures of small consulting firms, huge fortune 500 global companies. And as an executive coach and consultant, I've also supported leaders to navigate through their own workplace cultures. And I've helped senior leaders build their values-based cultures within their organizations. So I've seen a lot of cultures. And a company's culture, or what's most important to them, is sometimes expressed very explicitly with values or principles and words that describe what's important. You see these words and phrases on external websites, in new employee orientation, and sometimes even printed on different company swag. But then you also feel and experience a company's culture, the unwritten rules and informal expectations of how things actually work. And today I want to talk about the term culture fit and why I think using that culture fit terminology is problematic. It doesn't get us what we need at work for organizations or as employees, and it's doing you a disservice as a leader. It's stalling your real intent, and it's keeping you from what you really want, a high-performing team that's connected to the mission and values of your organization. So as being a part of human resources for my whole career, I've heard that phrase, we want to bring in people that are a culture fit, but I'm going to stop and ask you, what does that even mean? Someone that fits within 
the way that we do things here, right? Like they're part of a team, someone who gets us or who gets it. I'm throwing up air quotes here that you can't see, but as one leader I used to work with said, I know it when I see it, or rather I really know when there isn't a culture fit, it feels off. Culture fit as an HR term feels like a throwaway comment or a really big catch-all at this point to me. It has become this catchphrase that we use to justify lots of decisions that we don't know how to specifically express. Culture fit is a term that we use when we're describing why someone doesn't quite feel like they belong in our organization, even when they have an amazing resume and more experience than we're looking for. Culture fit is a description and catch-all that leaders use as a way to not give specific feedback. Here's a few ways that I've heard it. Let me know if some of these sound familiar to you. She's not the right culture fit for the team. She's got some great experience, but she really didn't click with us. Or he built immediate rapport with others. He's got the drive we want. He fits with the culture. I'm sure he can learn the technical aspects. Or I can't put my finger on it, but in meetings, they just don't seem to get it. They've been here for over three months now and they're not getting the culture. These comments drive me bananas. What specifically is the person doing or not doing? What about the culture isn't a fit? What are the specific behaviors that you are looking for? Using culture fit as a reason for any decision is a really great way for conscious or unconscious bias to show up in the decisions that we make at work. Now, by definition, unconscious bias means that we're not aware of some of these biases that we have. We all have them. There's tons of training on unconscious bias out there. One example of unconscious bias is in-group bias. This is one that I see a lot within organizations, especially in interviews. And in-group bias, it's basically this idea that you tend to like people who are like you and dislike others who are not. So you show favoritism for people that have similar traits as you and might pass judgment on people who don't have those traits. So for example, I grew up in the Dallas area where most people really like the Dallas Cowboys. That's our American football team. And when I wear a Dallas Cowboys shirt in another state outside of Texas, I get a very different response than when I wear it in Texas or even, well, different parts of Texas. Texas is very big, but people will stop me and say, go Cowboys and smile at me, give me a high five or the opposite. Um, tell me about why their team is better than ours and the Cowboys aren't so great. So there's a judgment that we're like in this together if we're Cowboys fans and they they give me and extend me just favorite, sometimes favoritism, sometimes favorable actions. And then opposite if I'm not part of that group. And so that's just one small way. And that's pretty conscious. Maybe it's unconscious too, but in those ways it shows up. But this really shows up big time at work when we're making hiring decisions, promotion decisions, decisions about anything really. So back to this term culture fit. Culture fit may be used in your organization as a catch-all to say, this person isn't like me or this person isn't like us. So when you hear that term culture fit, I want this to be a warning flag to you. It's a signal. It's a signal 
for you to dig deeper. I want you to ask more questions. This is a warning sign that we aren't digging enough into what it really is. What's the thing that you're really thinking about? Why did you get a bad vibe from someone in an interview? Is it because it's something that they're doing that is different than you? Also question, when you do you get a good vibe from someone? Is it because they remind you of yourself, right? These are some of the ways that we can start to dig into like, what, what is the, the true thing here? And really we want to get, get it back down to behavior, experience, all those kinds of things. But culture fit is just too broad of a bucket and it's too easy of an excuse to use. So instead of culture fit, I want you to utilize specific attributes of your culture and the behaviors associated with it. I want you to start thinking about the values of your culture, the behaviors associated with those values, and how the values and behaviors of the individuals align to the company values. I want you to think about values alignment, not culture fit. We need to shift our mindset away from culture fit and towards values alignment. So in Brene's research through her work in Atlas of the Heart, she unpacks 87 different emotions and feelings. And she was surprised about the research of belonging. And in her research, the opposite of belonging is fitting in. So she describes that we try and fit in because we do want to belong to a group or a company. And in doing so, we are actually changing who we are to fit into that culture because we want to fit, but we're changing ourselves to do that. So instead, I want you to ground yourself in your own values and find alignment with a company that matches your values. The goal is values alignment, not culture fit. In my values first framework, I think about three different types of values at different levels. The first level is the individual or that leader level, your core values. The second level is that team level. And the third level is organizationally. So that organizational level of company values. And if we are intentional to build out and gain clarity on what these values and behaviors are, then we are in a better position to understand when an individual's values align with their team and their organizations. It's in that overlap of individual values and organizational values that we are looking for values alignment. So I want you to think about a Venn diagram. You know, one of those graphs of overlapping circles. Think about your own values as one circle in that diagram and the organization's values as another circle. There should be an overlap and that overlap is values alignment. We are looking for some percentage of values alignment. I don't think those circles ever fully holistically align with each other because you're an individual that cares about a lot of things. And a lot of those things don't have to overlap with work, but enough to be in alignment that motivates you, that resonates with you. So as you join an organization, if you are in alignment with your values and the organizational values, then you have values alignment. You aren't squeezing or shrinking or changing yourself to fit inside of that organization circle. You have commonalities that are core to you, but that also happen to be core to that company too. So you're in alignment there, but this takes work. 
And to get to understand if there's values alignment, you have to know what yours are. And more importantly, the organization needs to know what theirs are. And then in that way, you know what's important to you and you seek that out in an organization. But again, to do that, both individuals and organizations need to do a better job in defining what matters most to them. We need to do better at articulating our values and behaviors tied to those, because that is truly what a culture is. We need to do a way better job at this. So I'll ask that next question. How do we get more clarity and more specificity in organizational and individual values? How do we get better at that? First, let's look at this from an organizational perspective. You know, I mentioned I've worked with a bunch of companies over my career with, with this kind of thing. And I see two mistakes that organizations are making in this culture work most often. So I'll share those two things. First organizations have not done as much culture work as they think. And second, when they do do that work, they aren't actually utilizing the work that they have done and they don't stick with it. So those are the two things. First, they're not doing as much things as they think they are. And second, when they do have it, they don't stick with it. And so let's dig into this first one. This first problem I see within organizations is that they really haven't done as much culture work as they think they have. So they have these big, beautiful company values that are in really gorgeous fonts on posters on their company walls or on the screensavers of every employee's laptop. But it actually is just that it's it's words with maybe a sentence or two it's not very specific but by goodness it sure is pretty right the marketing is is great the optics amazing i was listening to a podcast about a show on hgtv and the host said that he hated the words on walls trend that has become so popular you know the wooden signs that say live laugh love or the signs that are hung in kitchens that say gather or eat or simply kitchen. The host was saying that he didn't like those as art and homes and was making the point that if that, of course, you eat in a kitchen, why do we need to be reminded of that? So if you bring that into the corporate space, you see it too. These are words on walls. In an office environment, I think they're really meant to be reminders of what's important to a company so that they're easily accessible, so that we link back to them in meetings. These words may appear on your company badge or in other swag that you get. And I actually love this idea to see these things around to remind you of what we stand for. But often that's where the work stops with the companies. But when I ask them, I say, you know, what work have you done on culture and they show me all this beautiful stuff and all the signs and all the things. And that's where it ends. And they don't follow up with that, with those behaviors. So we don't know how these things actually show up. And sometimes this work was done, you know, five, seven years ago. And it was this big, it was really a big marketing project. And so as we dig into it, we realize, oh, we really haven't done as much culture work as we think. We talk about it, but it's very surface level. And we realized, hey, we need to dig deeper in this. We need to actually talk about the behaviors. So that is the first mistake. We don't do as much work as we think. So the work to do there is to go in and work with leaders 
to build out these behaviors. Because I will tell you, I have done, you know, values, clarity work with hundreds of leaders and numerous organizations at this point in my career. And I know that two people can have the same values, but they may mean very different things to them individually. The behaviors they associate with those are very different. So if you blow that up to a bigger scale and you have these, you know, beautiful signs with, you know, really great, meaningful sentences, those things are going to be interpreted so many different ways by so many different leaders within your company. So we really need to dig into these behaviors and truly define what it really means to live those in the everyday. What does it look like for somebody to do that in a meeting or working with a cross-functional partner or what's okay to do and what's not okay to do? The second biggest mistake I see organizations make is that their values don't match what they actually do. So they aren't utilizing the work that they have already done on their culture. So maybe they've done all this work to get down at the behavior level, but in practice, they're really not doing it because they're not holding people accountable and they're not incentivizing and rewarding people on those behaviors. And what happens when, when that's the case, then I think those again are just words on the wall. You could also have a sign of that being a toxic culture. This idea of saying one thing, but really rewarding other things. So here's an example of saying one thing and doing another. I once worked with a company that had a value of collaboration and there was training on collaboration and they showed how they did it. You know, this idea of working together is better than going alone. But when it came down to rewards and recognition, very often individuals got rewarded based on heroics and something that they did on their own. So a leader would get publicly recognized at a company event for going above and beyond an individual task or a heroic effort. And so what was being transparent and broadcast across, you know, the whole company in these very public ways was that collaboration actually wasn't being rewarded. Instead, individual effort was. So what did that promote? It promoted a culture of individual effort and going above and beyond as an individual, not with other people. So even in this company where they said the culture was of collaboration, it really wasn't because a culture is guided by what is rewarded. The things have to be consistent. The culture is how you behave. The culture is what you incentivize. And I want you to incentivize the behaviors of your values. And to do that, you need to do the work to identify those and you need to put them in practice. So I work with companies that intentionally want to do work on this. They work with me to do this work internally, usually with a cross-functional work group of senior leaders and cross-functional partners to intentionally look at their organizational values. This work is often done when there's a new leader in, or a new team within an organization, maybe when a company has merged two different cultures when a company truly wants to start incentivizing the right behaviors tied to what matters most. This work is also done by companies that are doing some really great culture stuff already, but want to get even better at it. Many of these companies are already on the best places to work list or something similar because they know how important culture is to getting the right talent and retaining that talent. They prioritize time on things like this. So leaders, there is a ton, I'm talking to you. Yes, you, there's just, 
there's still a lot of work to be done within, I think all of our organizations, whether you're at one you think has a pretty great culture, there's probably still things that you can do to make it an even better culture. First things first, let's just agree to stop using that catch-all of cultural fit. And I want us to start defining what our cultures really are by doing this intentional values work and identifying those behaviors. That way we all know what we are looking for. We all know when behaviors align and when they don't, and we all can get better at identifying values alignment. As a leader, you can do this in your team within your organization. You don't have to, you know, be the CEO to do some of this work. You can look at your company's values and then further refine them with your team. What behaviors or ways of working truly tie to your, your values that could really help your team and differentiate them, make those company values come to life and mean something. So if you're a leader in an organization that has, you know, some values or principles or something, I think this is a really great effort to put forth is to really invest in some of this intentional team values work. I'm doing this work now with multiple senior leaders and with the values first framework, we define team values that are linked to the organizational values through facilitated exercises. And we identify team values, but more importantly, we define behaviors associated with those. Those are the behaviors that we can then be accountable to as a team. We can then be intentional about those. We can give feedback on those. We can provide rewards and recognition connected to those values. We can model those behaviors for each other. We can resolve conflict around it. And most importantly, we can build a sustainable plan to intentionally build that team culture. It gives us the clarity of expectations, which lead to big results. So those are some ways within an organization you can really get to do more intentional culture work. As an individual, I want you to also gain clarity on your own values. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, you most likely know what your core values are, but I want you to also regularly check in with those. And if you are new, welcome. We have lots of tools for you. Check out the show notes for the values worksheet to gain clarity on your values. And once you know your values, I want you to understand how your values align with your company's values. Where is that values overlap and what resonates most to you? As an individual trying to dig deeper in this, you may ask yourself the following questions. How are people rewarded here? What does this value look like in action here? How are leaders held accountable to our values? Or if you're in an interview, you might want to ask the following questions to a couple of people that work within an organization. You might ask them, How do your values align with the organization and what resonates most with you about the values of the organization to you? What is living that value look like here? So today we covered this mindset shift of moving from culture fit to values alignment. Here's a few next actions for you to consider. When you hear the term culture fit, I want you to ask more questions. You may be able to simply state, Tell me more about what you mean when you say culture fit. You may need to ask yourself that question. Maybe your peer, a manager, or a direct report. But take a minute to dig deeper. 
Another thing that you can do is build a deeper level of understanding about your organizational values, your team values, and your own core values. We have so many tools for you to dig deeper on this. We have our values worksheet to gain deeper understanding of your individual core values. I also have a team connection exercise to get to know your team members even better. And we'll link both of those in the show notes. And as part of my work, I do facilitated sessions to build out team values and company or organizational values. If you're interested in that work, please send me a note on LinkedIn or keep listening to this podcast. I know you'll learn something with each episode on how to get better at this as a leader. Remember, your leadership belongs here. You belong in the C-suite. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, please remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. By leaving a review, you are helping others find this content. We will be featuring five-star reviews on air in upcoming episodes. Editing and support for the podcast is done by S&E Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.